Thank you for listening to the following film's podcast. Today I'm joined by Abel Ferrara to discuss his film, Padre Pio. Set in a politically tumultuous post-World War I Italy, Padre Pio follows the titular young priest as he begins his ministry at a remote Italian monastery. Concurrently, the town welcomes home the broken but victorious soldiers from the war. Unrest sits amongst the impoverished people of the village ahead of the first free election in Italy, and Padre Pio struggles with a crisis of faith. He battles his own personal demons, as tensions build to an unforgettable climax. Big thanks to Bookmans for sponsoring this episode, and to Fort Worth for letting us use their song at the end. If you'd like to connect with the show, the best place to find us online is at followingfilms.com, or on Twitter by following at followingfilms. Please leave us a review and follow the show on Spotify. It really does help. You can also support the podcast by going to anchor.fm slash followingfilms slash support. Padre Pio will be in theaters on June 2nd. Hope you enjoy the show. Thanks. Hey, Abel, how are you doing today? Hey, Chris, how are you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for taking time to do this, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having us on. Where are you, where are you at? I'm in Tucson, Arizona. How about yourself? Oh, great, great, great. I'm in Rome, Italy. Oh, my God. Well, thank you for taking time out of your night to do this. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> it's not that late. So, so what's happening? How's the weather in Tucson? Uh, it, you know, normally I get to wear that as a point of pride whenever I'm talking to people. It's just it's incredible weather here. But Rome, Italy, I mean, you probably have me beat. What's it What's it like there? I mean, it's in the mid 80s today. I'll probably go swimming with the kids later today. But oh, it's like not too hot. You know, Rome can get very hot. So right now it's like, it's, it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I, I got to tell you, first and foremost, I love this movie. Um, oh, well, I love thank you. the most of all, the combination of these two storylines that you're combining that I wouldn't have necessarily thought of and having this post-World War One sort of this point, turning point in a culture where they're having their first free election and this priest having a crisis of faith in this moment. And there, these two cultures are at this absolute turning point. And I don't want to give away where this film ends, but there, it's such a poetic movie in the way that this ends. It's such a beautiful film that was composed. I'm wondering where you got the idea of taking these two stories and putting them side by side with each other. You know, we found this, uh, you know, this was the moment in history. World War One. the kids were coming back. They'd just been decimated being part of, like, the first industrial war. Spanish flu, you know, and, like, you know, you know what I mean? It's, like, pandemic, poverty. Um, Italy's having its, first, you know, young country having its first election. Russia just was... Um, the revolution had just happened. You know, communism was like a scary word for these Italians. Pio comes to this town and, and just beginning his, 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 his journey as a priest. It's, but it, 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 it happened. Do you know what I mean? And we had, you know, we had the letters of Pio, who's a beautiful writer. So we understood where he was and was coming from. And a lot of these scenes in there right out of his letters. The history of what happened in that those weeks in that short period, you know, around that massacre is documented. So we just 
took it head on, you know? Well, I mean, it's, it's one of those stories that when you start looking at it, just how relevant it is to us and what we're going through right now worldwide, but in the United States specifically, where, you know, you look at our redefinition of what elections mean and what they should mean in the last couple of years okay. here, dealing with a pandemic, all these things that you wouldn't think that this would be relevant today. But my God, the story is just absolutely more important than I wish it was. I mean, this is the point. The point is you're going to buy into the, um, you know, you buy into the process that you don't, you know, yeah. I mean, you can argue every election, you know, from Kennedy, you know, what happened in Chicago with Kennedy beating Nixon, you know, the Al Gore deal, the Bush winning with his brother, the, you know, Clinton, you know, I mean, but when, you know, as it happened there, you pull out the weapons and it happened here, you start pulling out the weapons and it's like, you know, we don't win, you know, we'll take it to another level. You know, that's, uh, that's not democracy, right? I mean, that's not the, the, the point. You know, um, you know, then you get back to what these guys are talking about. The guys on the right are saying, whose fucking idea is these elections anyway? These people, you know, they work for my father. You know, they work for our family for 500 years. You know, these people are nothing. Yeah, I mean, these are the lines in a movie. And on the other side, the radical left is saying, hey, Trotsky ain't worried about elections. Yeah. You know, you think Putin is worried about the votes? No. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Castro never wasn't worried about the election, you know, but if you're talking about, a, you know, you know, a government, you know, of the people, by the people, for the people, you know, and uh, I don't know if we could actually, I mean, that's our ideal. So everybody has a vote. And, you've been, you know, the point is you vote behind the curtain. But here it is. It's a fucking street fight. You're voting for him. I'm voting for him. You know what I'm saying? It becomes, you know, like you're talking about. It becomes a nightmare of adversary, animosity. And, you know, again, you know, when they came up with this, you know, when they came up with this system, bro, it's like you pick the best guy in town. He goes to Washington then he comes back and somebody else goes. It's yeah. not lifelong politicians. You know, the baker is the, is is representing us. You're representing us. Then, you know, the guy who, you know, runs the gas stations, or, you know, this, this idea of, of lifetime professional politicians was not the fucking deal. No, it's, it should be a, a term of service something that you have a calling for that you step into for a window of time that you go, it should now it's become either a lifelong career or a stepping stone to being a lobbyist or whatever that happens to be along the line that it's just the sense of obtaining power for the sake of obtaining more power. It's this really brutal and cynical cycle that we're in the middle of right now that I think any time that we draw attention. But how do you change it? How are you going to change but by, by this, by talking about it, by by right. literally by just by thinking about it, by constantly putting it out there, by putting people in place that want to have something different, something better. Yeah, who want to serve, who have compassion. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like 
Well, you don't hear that word in any of these. these, these. <laughs> God, you don't hear that word on a campaign trail. Yeah. You know, I heard empathy is an ugly Bobby, word. I heard a speech by Bobby Kennedy the other day. He must use that word six times in like 10 minutes. But you, you ain't going to hear that word for the whole election from now till till they vote. Not one person is going to be talking about anybody's compassion or feeling or what, you know. What's the right, you know, what's the next right thing to do? You know, because and that's something that's so important, because at the end of the day, if we see a different way of getting there, that's fine. But as long as the end goal is the same, that it's you have people, the people who you represent, the people you should be serving, if you have their best interests in heart, if you're if that's something you hold dear when you're taking this on, then I think that if that's your North star, you'd be in a much better place as opposed to what can I get away with? How can I make yeah. this better okay. for myself? And if you are all that, you're Padre Pio. Yeah. They make a saint out of them. So how many saints, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I get it. You know, we all got that. You know, this is one of the reasons I made the movie. I mean, because not just for the world, for me, I mean, that's how you do it. And he, we, he was dedicated. He built a hospital, he built a $35 million yeah. hospital. You know, this guy's a poor, you know, he's a monk. You know, he's not, he's just a Franciscan. He's just one of the brothers from to the day he died, you know. But I mean, yeah, he's quite, he was quite, yeah, he's, he was everything you were just explaining. And could you talk a little bit about the look of this film? Because I was floored by how beautiful some of these shots are and how oh. wide the look of the film is, how the range of this, there's moments yeah, that mean, appear to be only candlelight. It's on top of a mountain, it's overlooking the Adriatic. <laughs> there's just something about the light, you know, it's on the East coast of, of Italy. You know, we approached it. There was no electricity in this town when this hmm. happened. So we just approached it like that. So we are just using torches, you know, we got the digital could give us that, 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 chance at that so we're just using you know like barry linden man we're just using candles and torches and these were the places man these were the actual places so this is what this place looked like well you know? it's and that's what i loved about it because those moments that were clearly lit by candlelight because candlelight doesn't create perfect shadows you have multiple layers of it from each one of those and you can see that and pick that up and i was i'm glad that's how you were lighting this because that's what it appeared to be i wasn't sure if you were trying yeah, to replicate that I'm sorry. Today's episode of the following films podcast is brought to you by Bookman's. I'm joined today by my son, Jacob. Jacob, say hello to people. Oh, there you go. You're already on it. So, Jacob, when you go to Bookman's, what is it that you like to look at? What do you like to get? To get toys uh, and movies and, and the coffee. You like to look at the movies and you like to get the coffee news, the newspaper they have out front. That's great. So last time we went into Bookman's, I picked up a movie. Um, what movie did I get, Jacob? A stick from New York, but that's the name as it hurts of the uh, ex... Uh, as to cover. Sorry, sorry. I want so, no, no, you're okay. Would you talk a little bit about what you see on the cover of Escape from New York on this Blu-ray that I got? So based on this cover, you see... Mm, Glass shattered, and also the Statue of Liberty's face fell apart. Because in this movie, Escape from New York, is the introduction is a man trying to save the president's daughter, and New York turns 
into a prison in this movie. And there's the hero, as you can see, very strong, in fact. Oh, yeah. Now, this is one of my favorite movies. I love this movie. Now, you're too young to watch it because you're only six years old. But do you think in a couple of years from now, when you get a little bit older, you'll want to check out Escape from New York? Yes. Okay. What's a movie that you've seen that we picked up at Bookman's that you like? Come here. Talk so that people can hear you. Little Shop of Horrors? Little Shop of Horrors. That's a great movie. So when you're going to Bookman's, you can get movies, DVDs, Blu-rays, 4K, Laserdisc, VHS. You can also get comic books, books, newspapers, magazines, home furnishings. Um, you can get tons of stuff there. Because remember, Bookman's has your cool covered. Hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Yay, that was a good idea. times we got with dead you know we're in the middle of nowhere it was black <laughs> i mean if we really had to i mean it wasn't we weren't like but you know 90 more than 90 percent of that movie was yeah the way they would have lit it you know the way you know fireplaces candles you know the moon it, it gives the difference between day and night such a dynamic look where you have these moments in the day where the natural beauty but then even if it's in the daytime and you step inside it just isolates everything and just really it closes down the world and makes it so much more claustrophobic at times and yeah. it's just a really a powerful effect thank you and can you talk a little bit about the casting of this because man that i you have some wonderful performances in this film yeah i mean i mean besides say these you know young italian actors man you know, we use whenever we can there, we used the real people. You know, we used the real people there, all the brothers, all the priests, all that whole group. They were all real. You know, I really you know, love that. It, the uh, mother of my daughter's in it. The mother of my daughter plays the chick with the flag. You know, we oh, know. Really? You know, yeah, deaf, right? That's cool. And, um, you know, my, uh, you know, we, we've been working here for 10 years. So we, you know, we know the people we want. And Shia is, uh, you know, he's extraordinary. And, yeah, he's, and, he's, you know, and, he's the real and deal. you know, the miracle of Padre Pio, he just had a, he just had a religious conversion. He just became a Roman Catholic, you know, he's in recovery. He's, he's, he's basically on that trail. He, you know, once, you know, I didn't know him before. He just, yeah, I met him on a Zoom call like this, man. He just went to the monastery outside of LA and stayed there. Wow. You know, he's doing that. He's doing that mass in Latin, man. That's not even a regular mass. I mean, because, you know, Pio did this back then. It was different. And, you know, just, you know, I mean, he, he, he he's, he's got the gifts, you know, but he's got the dedication and he was also, you know, finding his 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 connection to God, you know, to Jesus, to, to Pio himself, you know. Well, I love that you combine people that have a ton of experience that have been doing this their whole lives, it seems, and then other people who this might be the first time they've been in front of a camera because right. it gives a very realistic feel to it where people aren't leaning into their 
their tricks that they have in their bag from acting for 30 years, the, you know, the way they can do these shortcuts and it creates a feeling of imbalance that I think give, that you feel in the real world. And I think that's right. something that it can take a minute to get used to, but something that when I see it in film, something I really appreciate and really enjoy as opposed to somebody who's an extra and is just doing their business the whole time. And it's, uh, yeah, no, I got you. I know. It drive you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, when you're aware of shit like that, it can make you know, make you stop watching movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, it, it takes most all people. Fun most people don't see that. <laughs> they don't even see who's in the background. You know, you could have cut out, you know, cardboard characters, and it's the same. Well, the, the you know, this is one of those films where I think it warrants if not demands to be reseen. This is something that after our yeah. conversation, I plan on rewatching it this weekend because mm-hmm. this is something that I, I would dive into it and start looking at those backgrounds and start feeling the intention of everything, because this is something that I think it's, it, it feels very emotionally honest. And I think the emotion yeah. of it is very easy to unpack, but there's some of the more finer details that I think will take me a few more times to really get my head around this film fully, even though I think that it's very clear and easy to understand the first get around. I think there's I a lot more here. Yeah. I know. I mean, it's, it's, films are like that. <laughs> my, my favorite ones are, you know, it's, yeah, uh, right. it's, it's just like my favorite books. You know, if you, I've go back and probably every three or four years, I seem, seems like I'm, I'm reading breakfast of champions and I swear to God that it's a different book every time I pick it up. And it's just yeah, the, sure. the best art is that it's, way. Yeah, the book isn't different. You're different. Exactly. And I and I like a film that allows you to project yourself into it a little bit. And I'm really looking forward to people's reactions to this because I think it is going to be one of those films that does say a lot about the people who are interacting with it a lot more yeah. so than the film that was actually made. Yeah, I get you. Well, that's where the film is, between the audience and the screen. Well, thank you for making this. I'm excited uh, to be checking this out. Thank you, bro. Thank you so much. And and I got to throw one thing out there because one of the reasons I'm sitting here that I've been doing this for eight years was when I graduated high school in 94, my first year of college, 95, I watched The Addiction at a little art house film. And it just really opened me up to the what film could be in a lot of ways and the things that I hadn't seen before. You're one, you're one of those guys that cracked my brain open. So thank you for that. Yeah. And that was my bro who wrote that script, man. He wrote it beat by beat. We don't work together anymore. Nikki St. John. But yeah. That's also a very religious film and he's coming from a very Catholic point of view. So you got, you know, Vinnie Gallo, he lives in Tucson, right? I didn't know he lives here. Really? That's yeah. fine. I had yeah. no idea. Wow. Yeah. So that's uh we're prob- prob- I mean, lives in Tucson. I'm almost sure. I mean that 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 seems right. That would track. I mean, just from seeing him <laughs> yeah, from the outside, no he seems like the kind of guy that would be attracted to Tucson. <laughs> we we get that type here for sure. All right. Awesome. Well, thank You're you so much, man. Abel. It was a pleasure thank to meet you, you, man. Thank you, thank you. All right, take care. Oh, bye-bye. Time enough to figure you out Time enough to write this down Wish me luck, give me hope